Welcome to Three Mums Podcast, hosted by Natalie, Anthea, and Charlene. This is a space where you'll get nothing but real conversation. This is your moment to pause, have a laugh, get involved, and come on our journey. Open, honest, and free always. Hashtag the Three Mums way. This is part two of episode two, where we talked about initially, you know, can, is, is, is motherhood what we expected? And we have kind of expanded on that discussion a bit more by talking about, you know, the things you desire. Can, can you ever be prepared for what you desire? And that is a very, very broad statement. We've used the angle of motherhood and it's not just motherhood. I think it's in everything. Um, mm. So yeah, welcome to episode two part two um of can you be prepared for what you desire and as you know this is just where we're open we're honest we're free in everything that we say and I think you got a real touch on that with you know our previous story Anthea shared about motherhood shared polycystic ovaries I shared my version of that and and it let you know that I don't think you can ever be fully prepared for motherhood in any way, shape or form, but you as a person and how you handle it is what takes you through that season and then actually carries you through that season as we're still walking that journey. But I was a little cheeky and I kind of asked Charlene the question <laughs> in the previous, you know, discussion and she didn't answer it at the time, but I did ask her like, how did how, how did it feel having a baby in a pandemic? Charlene's been married for many years and she had planned her baby, unlike Anthea and I, who had not necessarily planned, well, I did plan to well, but hadn't planned our first children. So our first children were born under different circumstances, but Charlene had planned for that. But would you say, sis, that you can ever be fully prepared for what you desire? As you desired a child, but did, did those desires come to fruition the way you expected? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> I think that Talon's great. And I, and I, you know, I'm so thankful that we wanted children and I got pregnant within months of desiring to have baby Talia. Mm-hmm. But I remember I got pregnant and I was on tour. I was on tour of the Kingdom Choir in America on a six-week tour. Unbeknown to me, I'm dancing around and, you know, my body, I could, I could feel some, some changes. And actually, there's a funny story because <laughs> while I was on tour, for those that know me, these ladies do, I'm not, I'm not clingy with Chris. It's, let me just give a bit of backstory. Chris and I, my husband, we work together. So he is my producer. He is my MD. He's also the Kingdom Choir's producer and their MD. So we basically work together a lot. We're together. And I'm just not clingy with Chris. He does his thing. I do his thing. Some of the choir members do ask, like, how do you guys work together? We just, we're not in each other's pockets. Yeah. But on this tour, I was just a little bit emotional. Um, mm. I remember calling my sister and saying, like, I just don't know what's going on. He's not sitting with me. He's not spending time with me. And Natalie's like, Sure, this doesn't sound like you. Like, I'm just not like that. And I was just, I was feeling really clingy. Chris is getting frustrated, but that's a whole other conversation because yeah. when he does tour life, he does tour life different to me. That's a, it's an interesting topic when you have certain expectations of people yeah. that you haven't explained to them. I had an well, expectation of Chris on tour and he didn't meet that expectation, but, you know, we talked through it and we w- worked through some of our differences, but I was pregnant. 
my boobs were tingly, they were hurting, the smells were crazy. And I'm like, I need to take a test. I really need to take a test. Took a test, found out in um, a little town in America, I can't even remember the name of it. And me and Chris got that test and that line turned blue within seconds. I was yeah. well and truly pregnant. And so when you say, was I prepared? Yes, on one hand, we prepared, we wanted to have a child, but guys, when I got back, it's like my body said, you are home now, let's yeah. be sick. And I unfortunately That's had hemorrhages. Literally, I got back, Sissy had uh, just purchased her property uh, while I was away and she wanted to show me her, her new house. I was so excited. So I hadn't even gone in the bathroom. I got off the plane, I grabbed my bag. I was like, Nat! And we're in the car and this nausea just overtook my life. It was horrible. I was like, Natalie, you need to stop. I'm going to vomit. I'm going to, it was literally like night and day. The day before, hours before, I'm eating scrambled egg and smoked salmon on the way home. And within hours, I feel sick. I remember that evening, Chris bought me some soup. And guys, from that day until I was around four months, I literally vomited every single day. I had to go to hospital. I was on a drip. Um, I had no energy. I had to take tablets. It was a lot. Uh, yeah, my, my pregnancy story is, it's, it's an interesting one. And, it, and it's, obviously this, this, this topic of can you be prepared is so broad because it can be related to just life, having a job, having a desire you want. But for pregnancy for me, I was not prepared for that. I was not prepared to be so sick and to feel so down. I've never dealt with depression. It's not something that I've really had. And I actually remember speaking to you, Amp and Nats, and on a, on a FaceTime call, uh, you guys called me and I remember actually like, Shah, I've been telling you it will pass. And that constantly was like, Shah, it will pass. It just felt like my yeah. world was just going spinning yes. round every day. I'd get up and I think, oh, maybe today it's going to be different. And, you know, by the time this podcast comes out, I'm actually releasing a song about that experience called yeah. Love, just feeling so down and so low. And all I could focus on was meeting my baby girl. That was the only thing that got me through. I've never felt so low. And so I wasn't prepared for how I would feel, you know, at this point in time, and I'm in a good place with my husband, but you know, that was really hard for him. I'm very affectionate and very tactile. I didn't want him, I didn't really want to touch. I didn't want to kiss. I didn't yeah. want to, I, I was sick, vomiting all the time. Yeah. And even after that, unfortunately I had low placenta, which didn't really affect anything. But it's just another thing that I was dealing with. So I had to go to hospital constantly and get loads of checks. Remember, it's a pandemic. So I'm having to do these appointments on my own. Chris is sitting outside in the car. And just to kind of lastly say that I got gestational diabetes. And if I'm honest, I, I'm, I'm ha more than happy to share about it. But at the time, I think I felt a bit embarrassed. And okay. so when you ask uh -huh. that, like, are, can you ever be prepared? Like, when you're that sick, because I had the hyperemesis, I could only eat carbs. And for those that don't know, gestational diabetes for me, it happened because I was eating so many carbs because it was all I could eat. I kind of pride myself on being healthy. And I think that's where the embarrassment came. And it's stupid that I felt embarrassed because you cannot predict what's going to happen when you, when you yeah. have a baby. And yeah. so what if I was not eating my usual foods? Like yeah. the only thing that sat well with me was bread, I was eating Whopper burgers, not every day, but I was eating burgers. 
and just my usual smoothies and greens and I just couldn't eat it yeah. and so I got gestational diabetes you know thank god it wasn't something that had to be managed with medication my numbers were great but I remember by the end of my pregnancy the the specialist was like this is a waste of time we don't need you wow. to do this anymore but guys I had to be pricking my finger four times a day it was horrible this is yeah. during a pandemic and just to add to that, I unfortunately lost two people that mean so much to me within 24 hours. And so I've kind of bombarded you all with the short version of a very in-depth story, but yeah. hell no, I wasn't prepared for this. <laughs> hell no. no. And no. I am so thankful to my family and friends and, and God. I actually, I've, I've shared this before on social, it's just kind of said that it's that thing, that joy and pain really can coexist because being at home in a pandemic, losing those loved ones, dealing with grief, there was some stuff ha happening in my family as well. That was hard. And I, again, pride myself on being a very happy person. I can, if I fall down, I can usually pull myself out of a hole. Yeah, I'm feeling amazing. low, can play my worship music, put on, read my word for today and just enjoy God. And I can kind of pull myself out of a slump and nothing was working. This deep wave of sadness just kept engulfing me and it just, it just wouldn't, I couldn't control it. I remember saying that I feel so sad. And yeah. I remember speaking to my friend Kemi and her words really helps me. She was like, Shah, you haven't lost your joy. It's still there. You just have to go through your process. You just have to go through your process. But that joyfulness is, it's there. And, I, and, I, and it's amazing. Amongst all the things that happened, there was so much laughter in the family, yeah. but I right. basically answered the question. Yeah. People, you can plan as much as you want and you should yeah. plan. And I'm glad that I planned because, you know, I, I love that I've had my child at this point in my life. Sometimes I do look at her and think, why is it going to wait so long? Because she makes me so happy. She just enhances every part of my life. So it's like, on one hand, me and Chris are sometimes like, why do we wait so long? Because we were planning and we were waiting and I, and I get it. But yeah, you, you, you can't plan. You just have to go with the flow. Yeah. What about you, Amp? Do you think you can ever fully be prepared for what you desire? Um, and that's a big, big, broad statement. It's a, but it's a very, 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 yeah, very, you, very. But you're like you married at 24, so yeah. there's an expectation of that marriage. You touched on that a bit in our last discussion, but, mm -hmm. you know, do you think you can be prepared for the things you desire? Marriage, has, it, you know, it, husband, it, job, career, yeah. children, <laughs> house, <laughs> whatever it is. Yeah, for me, the answer is I don't think you can ever really, really be fully prepared. Yeah. Um, as I touched upon in the last podcast, pretty much um, had resigned to the fact that I was never going to be able to have mm -hmm. a child anyway. And mm -hmm. I had mentioned that, um, you know, being admitted to hospital because my ovary had twisted and the doctor just telling me, yep, yeah, you're pregnant, yeah, nearing 11 weeks, and my world just being, you know, turned on its head. And what I didn't tell you was that in that moment, um, they had to tell me that the state of my ovary meant that it's, there's a high possibility that I wouldn't be able to see through the, that, the rest of my period because um it was in such a bad state they would have to operate and I remember the following morning going into surgery and um 
literally looking at the surgeon before they put me under and saying to her, you know, please do not let you, me lose this baby. Okay. Um, and all I can remember is waking up and being heavily, heavily bandaged. And from all I from all I could remember, I was told that they were going to perform keyhole surgery just to go inside and to untwist the cyst um, and you know do what they can. Yeah. Mm. And basically once they went inside, as I said before, the ovary was in such a bad condition, they had to make the decision to actually remove my left ovary. And um, obviously waking up to see all these being bloodied and heavily bandaged, I just was like, what has happened? Like what has happened to me? And um, they kept me, I just remember it felt like forever being kept waiting to see- Someone to speak to you. Yeah. And um, subsequently when I did finally get to see someone, they had told me that yes they had they'd gone inside and the state of my ovary was so bad that there was no point keeping it so they had to remove it and um in that moment you know I was like well what about my child and they were like well it's still early stages but you know you're now you're right. a high risk pregnancy so we have to keep a close eye and um I guess in that moment knowing that for so long I had literally had said I didn't want a child and you know and all the rest of it and then Mm. changing my mindset that I did want to have a child and then now being pregnant just finding out that I was pregnant not Mm. under the circumstances that I would have desired for my life Mm. but you know sometimes God's ways are not our ways and that was how it happened for me and so yeah I was just I don't know immediately just like heartbroken because I just thought the worst you know I'm not going to be able to carry full term but I did. I carried yeah, with her. And um, I was able to have <laughs> exactly. a natural... A natural um, One over you know. Exactly. exactly. I was able to have a natural pregnancy. Um, natural I mean, natural labour. Yes. And then, you know, even after that, you know, I was satisfied. I'm not going to lie. I was satisfied. Yes, I touched before that... Yes, I missed a bit about being independent and not being accountable to anyone, but I genuinely was satisfied with the one. I had the one child, the one ovary. Let's just do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, <laughs> until a few years later where that desire was there again. To be fair, Nat, it wasn't actually there. It was oh. meeting my partner okay. who you know had said that he had the desire yeah. to have another child as he had one previous and um I had to be straight and say I have one ovary mm. and I it's a whole different know. scenario now yeah it's a completely different scenario I didn't even think mm. I could have one with the two ovaries that I have now I have one ovary and it just halves my chances already so you know if you want to still pursue this relationship Mm. then then know that I cannot guarantee and to be honest he was quite set on having another one so again I felt I was back in that cycle of feeling the pressure you know like I can't I can't promise you anything you know 
But guys, I had another. <laughs> <laughs> Enough to <laughs> with one ovary. With one ovary, I had another. I had a second child, and like Charlene, it was a different pregnancy in regards to my health. I suffered from yeah gestational diabetes, and. I was ugly. <laughs> no, <laughs> listen, listen, listen. We're not going to go there in this discussion. We're not going to go there at all because we know. So more needs to be shared on socials at some point. <laughs> listen, are we really going to put ourselves up like this? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> I, I'm down for it. I don't look like he that. Said we're gonna we're gonna gonna be open, yeah. we're gonna open, honest, free. She was real. She was real. <laughs> like. <laughs> She was real. That's the thing. <laughs> the pregnancy face, the pregnancy bloating. The oh, it and you had nausea all the way through with your second nausea. Well. You weren't ugly. You were pregnant. We weren't, weren't ugly, but boy, it's a different version of us. Like it was a different version. It's just like, different you version. know what? <laughs> but no, but seriously, seriously, like I, I being pregnant for the second time wasn't prepared yes I had said in my mind that if it happens mm. I'll be happy for it to happen but mm. I didn't know what my chances were so um yeah it took you know no yeah you, I just had to I had to deal with it when it when it happened and you know I, I think it was more as more of a okay like what my body actually is operating on a different frequency to mm. what it has done before and I, you know, I, I asked the questions like, so why didn't it happen when I when wanted it to happen? Yeah, when I wanted it to happen, I just didn't. When you were married, when technically, yeah. technically, when you were in your twenties, when they say you're more fertile, young man, yeah, but you're still completely objectified, like exactly. So, and I think yeah. uh, your story is so inspiring because there's women yeah. listening who are of a similar age, and they're like, yeah, well, I have kids, and um, how old were you when you had your third again? I was 39, with one ovary, with yeah. one ovary, still with the one ovary, <laughs> one ovary exactly, it's still madness. with the one ovary, so, you know, like, the, the, as the question says, can you ever be prepared, mm. there's things that your, that your body, even if you think, like, physically, that your body has to be in a certain, I don't know, a certain, be a certain way for certain mm. things. But for you to be pregnant or to get pregnant, it, I'm living proof that doesn't even have to be the case because it, it's my, a good thing, but it's not always the case at all. It, like, my, come yeah, on. it would be, it would be, but it's like my body wasn't prepared. Mm. It wasn't prepared because by rights, I should have really only been able to have one. Yeah. But, you know, things happen. You now. And, yeah, and now I'm a mother. Look at you now. Exactly. Now. <laughs> Seriously. You know what? See, I could go a whole different angle. Like, even if we stick on just this topic of, of, of motherhood, obviously, as I said, I was the youngest out of my so 27. Everyone would know me for my hair and how I dressed and everything else. I clean lost myself in that pregnancy. It was a Wednesday. And I'm going to be, I'm just going to stick on a shallow version of this topic. It was a Wednesday. And I just know that I woke up and I washed my face. <laughs> <laughs> I washed my face. 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 I washed my face
wash my face. And it was happening <laughs> over about a week's period. Like, every day I was washing my face and the puffiness was just taking longer to settle. Like, if I was going out, if I had to be somewhere for 10, I knew I needed to be up by 7 to wash it and just... It needed to settle. My face needed to settle. But this day, I washed and I washed. And it wasn't changing. It wasn't changing. It, it, it just wasn't. Everything was just swollen. Everything was twice the size of its original size. And I remember Anthony was away. He had gone on a, um, a, a work trip. I can't remember the name of what those trips are. But he'd gone away and he called me to pick him up. And I remember calling him and I was saying, babes, I look different. And he just dismissed me as like, whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm serious. Like, my face has changed. And he was just like, whatever. And I picked him up. And the moment I picked him up, I hugged him. I was like, look, can't you see? And he's like, nope. Nope, can't see anything. I never forget we went to TGIs. For me, pregnancy, there's just no fun. There's no joy. I'm that woman that doesn't like any woman who has a good pregnancy because I feel that we should all have the same <laughs> experience. If I go through hardship, I then I feel like we should all go through this. Eve at the apple for all women. So why do some women just glow, put on just a, a bump, which is an apple shape, you know, they, they don't gain any weight, not even on their fingernail. Your bump like, is gorgeous, though. Ah? You have, you have gorgeous bumps. Yeah, all right. So the shape of my bump is cool, but <coughs> yeah, yeah. 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 But all I'm going to know. Yeah. <laughs> so, I you get to that. I'm sitting in TGIs with Anthony. I felt like it this day, knowing that there was going to be a major consequence for eating it, because, like, I had terrible heart then so certain foods my body just did not digest so I knew I was going to pay for this little but I felt like it and I was sitting there and I was like babes can you not see like my nose my lips had swollen I was talking with a lisp like it's like my tongue swelled and he's like nope don't know what you're talking about don't know what and it just continued to get worse for me and everyone around me told me I look fine I am someone who does not need the affirmation of others, or even external opinion when it comes to something. I'm very good at seeing something for myself, analyzing it for myself, and no one could lie to me. I do not recognize this person in the mirror. And it literally was like day and night for, I hate about five months. And this, so for the last four months, I did not know this girl in the mirror. None of my clothes fit, but I was actually very mean to this lady. I'll be honest with you, and I look back at it now because I refuse to buy myself anything. I was like, I am not adorning her in any nice way. You know, she is mm. not sticking around. Like, I, I, just, I, I, I just wanted to get this pregnancy over and done with. And I also, once again, I said to you in the last discussion that I secretly desired God to kind of wreck my plans because I wanted a child, but didn't really want to reach a point where I planned for it out of fear of not conceiving. So, but I'd always imagined it. I was that woman that actually, I'll be honest, I had put a pillow up in my stomach, been at home on my own and just imagined, but imagine that's me with my, my size 10 size, you know, so everything's exactly the same. It's just this belly. And now you've got this, I had, I worked up until 35 weeks and my job as you know is standing so I'm standing for sometimes 12 hours a day um, doing hair bending over washing everything I 
cracked weld so badly. Like you literally could see and hear the water in my wrists, in my hands, in my feet. I remember going to a wedding at 35 weeks, bought a new pair of sandals for this wedding. And it was one of the hottest days of the year. And my foot swelled so bad as a result of that. Anthony had to cut the sandal off of my foot. Like my foot looked like, you look guys have ever seen the night of the professor when he slammed his foot. On the pedal in the car. <laughs> like, I didn't know. And I'm like, you know, anyone who knows what we don't have big ankles. We don't have my ankles were wide. Like, so as much as I was still shapely, but I had gained like three stones in total in that pregnancy. Do you understand what I mean? Prior to this, I was going to this thing called versatile fitness with my sister. When I say this weekly workout was hardcore on an so Levels, I was so good this place of my life prior to conceiving Josiah. But that pregnancy was nothing like what I expected. And I think the final icing on the cake for me was it, you know, I and I, I started um, having like Braxton Hicks contracting. My body was preparing for pregnancy from about 36 weeks. So, and the doctors kept saying, they don't think I'm going to last all the way. So I constantly was thinking I'm going to go into labor, going to labor, which is very taxing on you emotionally, especially when you want the baby out because you want to look like you again. And I remember going to the cinema with Anthony and bumping into a guy that I used to work with and um, saying that highlights, I'm not going to say his name, but hi <laughs> to this guy. And he's like, oh, hi, hi. Yeah, you're right. And I was like, you good? Like, how's your wife? How's your, you know, child? And he's like, and he's kind of looking at me like, oh, okay. So he's like, yeah, they're cool. They're cool. How are you? And he's like, oh, pregnant. Congratulations. And he walked off and I got in the lift of Anthony and I said, he didn't recognize me. And he was like, he did, he did. And I was like, he did, he did not recognize me. He humored that discussion because I said certain things that let him know I knew him. He didn't recognize me. Within about an hour of seeing him, I get a message on um, in, um, direct messenger or whatever on um, Facebook saying, oh my gosh, hi, Nat. Just realized it was you. I'm so sorry. Now, this is where men, you have to be a little bit more tactile. He literally said to me, I didn't recognize you with the swollen face, big nose thing, but don't worry, my wife had that too. Um, it was, <laughs> my wife had that too, it will go. I was just like, I literally laughed till I cried. That's one thing with me. I can take a laugh, I'm the first to laugh at myself, but it stung in a different way. It's like, I don't look like me. Like, this was just nothing like what I expected. But, Thank God the features returned and, you know, I, I, I went back to my normal self. <laughs> See, that's, but the thing is, we're laughing about it now and you're talking about it in such a great way, but, but it was Pregnancy is a lot and when hard. your appearance isn't Nine how months you... Not knowing who you are, I didn't know what I like to eat anymore. I didn't know what I like. Anyone who knows me knows my favourite food on this earth is Hagen does ice cream and don't tell me it's not in a food group because it is so and I went off ice cream <laughs> Natalie didn't touch ice cream for nine months is that what I mean and I went off <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know myself in my pregnancy with Josiah and I didn't know if that version of me would return actually as a result of it Charlene benefited from clothes I had never worn like I remember her like needing stuff for shows and and I remember letting her borrow it and then saying oh, just keep it because i could not see myself back in this stuff because this version of me was so different. It, and, you know, granted, I, as I said, I gained three stone, but actually 
predominantly it was all water. Like I had so much water retention. So like over the next few weeks after having mm. it, I dropped weight so instantly that I had actually only gained like a stone with Josiah after baby and the blood and the water. I literally only gained a stone, but the water definitely changed my shape. That's what I would actually say to you. Like my, my shit. And I just felt weak, like my joints. Cause you know, as I said to you, that's the thing about you're pregnant you've got that hormone relaxing that goes around your body so you feel physically stronger than you are so I didn't realize the pressure I put on joints that were already weakened from the type of job that I do so at such a young age at 27 I had terrible back problems now you know my pelvic area and I remember like going to the gym and just being ready to hit the workouts the way I mentally was used to working Mm -hmm. out and no, like I had to allow my body to the time to build itself back up. I would be grimacing in pain while I'm working out, but you know, it was like the one workout, good workout I might get for the week. And I did it to the best of my ability, but I never forget, like I joined this spin class with Charlene and it was one of the most hardcore spin classes. Miss it. You're, if ever you see this podcast, we're just going to say you're the best spin instructor. She was a lady called Joe. And she was in, um, at the time it was Fitness First in Beckenham. I think they've changed the name of that. So good. But like, she literally was what I would call a personal trainer in a group setting. Yeah. And I never forget the first time going to her, she just saw me and Charlene across the room, came right over to us, introduced herself, asked us if we had anything going on. I said, I was just a new mum. He was a couple months old. I have a knee problem, my back. And she's like, right, you need to come to the front. And I was like, um, I've never done this before. I'm not coming to the front. I'm sitting at the back. She's like, no, I need to see you. No I need to see that you're doing this correctly. You know, but the thing is what she didn't know about me is I'm extremely competitive. So you put that pressure on me. I'm going to work even hard. So it was a good thing that she brought me to the front. She did it so that I could never come back and say I've got an injury from her class. But as a result, it pushed me further. But I remember there was this one song that she always did in her class and it was to Kanye's tune. I can't remember the name of the song, but it was his song is a seven minute long song. And there was a certain pedal she did on a routine she did on the bike that it killed the joints. Like, and that was my goal song. Like that was me, that was my song in my mind. And if not for something I said verbally to anybody, but when I can achieve this whole song without ever having to pause or take a break. I know that my physical fitness had got back. And I just remember, like, I'd be on it and I'd close my eyes on that bike and I'd be praying through this routine. Make it work for you. Yeah, and she had a line. She used to say, make it work for you. And I actually still say this line to this day in anything that I'm doing. Whatever it is that you're approaching, whatever new season you're in, whatever it is that you so desired that in your mind you're now saying isn't what you thought it was going to be, Make it work for you. Do you understand what I mean? Like, make the best of that moment, the best of that situation. Mm-hmm. Just know it, it has to get better, regardless of what it is. And I'm using a very trivial example of just finding myself during that, you know, during that pregnancy and after. But just something as small as being able to do the seven-minute song. I remember the day, the first day that I did it, and I was like, yeah. And I, what I realized is that her class was always hard even when your fitness level was at its peak, it was always hard because now you just went harder in it. You never were not tired, but your resilience and, and the, the, the the strength or whatever you had to get through the class improved. Do you understand what I mean? And I think that's how life works with everything. Whatever it is that we desire, whatever it is that you, you go for, 
um, just be prepared to know that it may, may not go the way that you plan, but you were made for this. You were made for whatever season is you're, you're in right now or that is, is about to come upon you and you can get through it and you should make it work for you. And I think that we've definitely done that, even with the few scenarios that we've given you. Because as you can see, there is a lot <laughs> of stories between us as women. Like, yes. I'm so, yeah, I'm so excited for you for our listeners, you know, to come with us on this this journey, because even here in Anthea, like, I forget that my sister has had two children with one with one ovary. Like she's a walking miracle. That is something to just literally like it. She's defied so many odds. Do you understand what I mean? But I still truly believe that the foundation of that was words she spoke over herself. So there's so many things you can take from our little stories. I mean, do any of you have anything else you want to share? I mean, you guys just saying about, well, not you guys, Nats, you saying, speaking over yourself, because it just, yeah. actually, as I'm thinking about that whole thing of, is it what you desire? I actually yeah. remember somebody saying to me, this person was a projecting, they didn't feel mm. good about themselves, but I remember them saying to me, you know, I'm just so glad I've had my kids, you know, before 30, because I don't want to be an old mum like you. And I remember standing there just and just <laughs> I remember <laughs> feeling so happy that I didn't need to cuss her down. Mm-hmm. I didn't need to, I was like, I can actually see you, actually see wow. your, the way that you feel about yourself. I can yeah. see it in this you moment. See the root I, don't need, I can see the root of it. You don't feel good about yourself. So you're just projecting how you feel onto me. And it's like, when I think about that moment versus what I went through in pregnancy because I I know how fit I was I was probably my fittest when I got pregnant and uh, there's a kind of a stigma that you know when you're older it's harder and when you're older this and that and you're gonna which is where that negativity has come from which is what's transferred yeah. to me which is why I love Anthea's story and I think when I was pregnant and went through those things I actually remembered the words she said and going through the gestational diabetes and going through what I was going through, I remember kind of feeling, well, I didn't, I, I know that what she said wasn't true and I didn't accept those words, but it's like, it was, it was a hard moment for me, but yeah, you just yeah. got to speak life, speak truth yeah. and people will project their foolishness on you and you yeah. just like flush that. I'm not going to take that part, but I'll take that part. Yeah. What do you think, Annie? I think as well, when it comes to preparation, um, you can always take, from other people's mm. experience but it doesn't necessarily mean that your journey is going to go exactly the same way I mean when you think of the what textbooks say what people say what you know you can get so many different nuggets of advice from so many different resources but when it comes down to it it's finding your own way yeah. at the end of the day finding what works for you and the key thing that you've said that um naps is about the resilience yeah the, you know you don't even know you've got it in you to you step down that, that I've road discovered about myself you yeah. know in the years that I've been like I have to say it I am a strong woman exactly like, you know the, the level of self-sacrifice that you have to give you know we talk about sleep deprivation exactly. we talk about you know just living your that physical, right your body like yeah the layers are lot. endless you know, and then the emotion. We never even touched on that. Life right now. Whole different discussion. It is. It's a lot. It's a lot. So you know, you don't. And the thing is, 
each child, that's the thing for me, is so individual. They're so unique. Each of my children have their own specific needs. Mm -hmm. And literally, I have to split myself into three. And it's not that, you know, I give, yeah. (laughs) 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 You can't forget your partner. You can't. You're splitting yourself more than just your children. But you know what? He gets the smallest part, but. You know, I'm even just that people, we've not like, even touched on that. That's a whole yeah. different discussion. I'll let you finish that, but I have some time now. But what I was saying, yeah, the needs of them individually yeah. is immense, you know. Yeah. And then sometimes it is that it's in that moment I have to literally take a breath and say, right, you know, they're from their emotional, if they're tired, if they're just if they're not getting on with one another, even if my emotional cup is full, it's finding that place where I'm just like, you know what, you can do this. I can cater cater to their every need. You know, tomorrow's another day. You know, sometimes you just have to park what's happened today and you take tomorrow's another day. And for me, that's that's how I've got through. And Mm -hmm. I think one thing we haven't really touched upon so much is... Even just the external appearance, you know, that just because, you know, you're a mother, it doesn't mm. mean you have to lose, you know, who you are. No. Who, who you are. Even, and sometimes it is about just putting yourself together in such a way that you can step out of your front door. On the inside, I, I might, I'm, I'm not feeling good because yeah. I, I know like how tough, you know, maybe I didn't get a full night's sleep. Maybe, you know, I'm being pulled left, right and centre. But, you know, it, it's, it is doable. It yeah, is doable. Yeah. But it's finding that resilience, finding that strength within just to say that you're able to, to keep going. Yeah. Mm. You definitely, I think that is definitely a whole nother discussion. And we're definitely mm. going to share that with you guys. Because as you'll see, we are three mums for multiple reasons. And it's so much more than just these stories that we've got to share because fashion is one of the biggest things that we love. It's such at the core of us. And and if I do want to, do you have anything you want to say, Shah? Before I kind of... No, no, I think... Yeah, I think if I'm going to close on anything, it is that maybe even if you're going through an experience right now, whether it be work, motherhood, life, whatever life is presenting to you, that is an area that you so desired and it might not be going the way you expected. Do today what will make you feel great about tomorrow, whether that means doing your hair, doing your nails, dressing a certain way. Like, and, and, I, and I'm a firm believer on insides out transformation but I do fully believe that sometimes you just got to do a little from the outside in, like while that inside mm. out transformation has taken place. So I think that's maybe the nugget we're going to leave you with today to just, you know, do what makes stepping out and facing tomorrow that little bit easier for you. If it means putting on your lippy, like I've known for putting on my lipstick for the school and I don't care. Do you get what I'm trying to say to you? And I'm, you know, and I know mums that mostly think they literally come to me and they're like, "How do you have time in the morning?" And it's like this really wasn't hard work. It took me two seconds, but it's important to me. It, I might do what works for you. Yeah, it, it, it might not. It might not. Uh, and there's days when I don't. I don't feel anyway. There's days when I fling on my cap and I, as long as I've got my earrings on, and I thought, and I've got lip gloss, and I feel perfectly fine. But 
you know, for me, I can feel rough on the inside. Like Anthea said, sleep deprived. You know, um, the kids are pulling you left, right and centre. Along with whatever emotional stuff we're going through ourselves, I could have set myself the task, I'm going to work out four days this week. And I managed once. Yeah, and, um, and I just don't feel my best. But I do the things that make that day feel a little bit easier for me. And if that means dressing up a little bit more that day or being an extra coordinated, I don't know what it is, knowing that I need to go and spend the day with one of my sisters just to chill, decompress, do nothing. You've just got to be honest with yourself as to what those things mean. But as I say, I feel like while you're going through the season of learning to enjoy what you've desired for such a long time, do the inside out work, but feel free to do work from the outside in at the same time and that's how I'm going to leave it so I hope you enjoyed today's discussion we'll be back next week our next few topics are going to be even more juicy so please stick with us um, and we'll be back soon thank you so much for listening to today's episode make sure you follow us on all of our social media pages Facebook Instagram and Twitter at 3 Moms except for Instagram, which is free underscore moms. And make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. I have so many questions.